Welcome back to More Than Words by Nikki, the podcast. I'm your host, Nikki Wheatley, and I am so excited to be here to help encourage and inspire you to chase your biggest dreams. Today, I have a wonderful friend. Her name is Taya Wiss, and she has had an adventure of a life, to say the least. And she has ended up in a beautiful little town in Baja where she has created this amazing dog rescue where she finds these sweet dogs and then finds homes for them throughout the U.S. So please welcome Taya Wiss. Hi, Hi. Taya. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. It's so good to be back in touch. This is amazing. We have <laughs> we haven't had a full-on conversation in forever. <laughs> and to be able to just pick up right where we left off is it's one of the true tests of friendship when you can just go years and then pick up as though we talked yesterday on the phone. Yes, I love it. So let's tell the listeners a little bit about your background and how you ended up where you are. Oh my gosh, life is funny. I always tell people none of my life has been linear. Um, I think once I got out of college, um, but long story short, uh, my I grew up in Indiana. I went to Purdue University and uh, I thought I was just going to set out and have this typical life of you know working nine to five, working for a tech company. And along the way, I had so many different opportunities that just presented themselves um, that I said yes to. It just led me on this big adventure. Travel has always been a part of my my being. I think I owe that to my mother. She, I, I look back now and, you know, this was obviously pre-internet and here is my mom. She didn't have any formal education outside of high school in this small town in Indiana. And she was constantly having, you know, National Geographic delivered to the house and always telling me about all these different cultural cultures um, around the world and just really instilling this um, curiosity about the world. And she was always great about taking us to all these different events, you know, the art festival in Ann Arbor, Ann Arbor, Michigan, or we'd go to Chicago on a regular basis, but just, you know, getting us out of our little bubble in Indiana. And that's where this thirst for experiencing the world and other cultures began way back when I was a child. But I really got lucky. You know, I, I worked for a company. I was one um, employee number eight, and I started working remotely as early as 25 in my career. That was unheard of back then. And so I was able to, you know, travel all over the U.S., uh, live in different countries, and then I met my husband and he had played in the NFL for a while. He was still playing when I met him and he was injured. And instead of carrying on and trying to get picked up by another team, his dream was actually to travel the world as well. And so he just said to me one day, you know what? I think I've taken enough hits. My body, you know, I want to preserve my body. It matters to me what my quality of life will be when I'm 40. I want to travel the world. And it sounded so great, Nikki. It, I mean, it really did sound great. But at the same time, the conflict I had with it was I was, I'm six years older than my husband. And I was just really feeling like I was hitting my prime in my career and my stride, like all the work, the sleepless nights, the crazy travel schedule, all of that, that I had, had been a part of my career in my twenties and early thirties was starting to pay off all those relationships I had built. Um, they were starting, it, it was starting to feel like, hey, I'm not having to work as hard, but I'm making more money. 
and I have my credibility and my reputation established. So when he came to me with this idea around the age of 30, I was about 35. I just thought, oh my gosh, he doesn't understand. You know, I've worked, I've worked so hard and not that he hadn't, but you know, just, you know, the NFL life is very different different. your average (laughs) tech worker, you know, like, you know, salesperson in tech, you know, so it's just, um, I just thought like, oh, he doesn't get it. And then one day, well, first of all, one day I, I was thinking like, well, I can't just get married and then send my husband off to travel the world for a year without me. I mean, that was one of the thoughts I had. And then the, the thought that really sealed the deal for me where I said, I'm just going to take this leap with him was, I mean, travel, I know I was going to marry him, but to travel was, um, I just thought, you know, when people win the lottery, this is what they do. They quit their jobs and they travel the world. And I just thought, you know what, I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it. And I want to make this note now. I had more of that attitude in my 20s. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to do it. And I did. And and all of a sudden, you have all these amazing experiences that add up over the course of little weekend trips here and there or bigger vacations. But I had lost that a little bit in my 30s, I think, on major life decisions. And so... I'm just going to do it is just what entered my mind. And then, you know, you do that, you make the decision and then you have to tell the world, you have to tell everybody. So I went to my boss, you know, and just said, Hey, I'm going to do this. And I, I, the guys that I worked with and worked for were like family. So they said, well, you have the coolest bosses ever because go off, do this. And when you come back, we'll, we'll still have a job here for you unless the world collapses. So it was really nice. And I thought that's what I was going to do. So Adam and I uh, got married almost 10 years ago next month. And we started out in Antarctica. It was amazing. (laughs) And uh, we just worked our way west or east rather and uh, around the globe. And what we thought was going to be a year away from our normal life turned into three years. And so we we stayed away for three years, just traveling. I mean, it was amazing. I, I, honestly, sometimes I, Adam and I say now, we look back at our life and we're like, I can't, did we do that? Did we really do that? And we had one more year that we were going to, uh, we basically did three years around the globe, came back to the U.S., saw friends and family, bought an RV, <laughs> and thought we would uh, travel through Central and South America. And then we would go back to New York and start our work life again. Like that was always the, the idea. Okay, and then, then, and then, yes. and then we'll there. go back to working, you know, and then we'll do this. And uh, I think all everybody around us knew that wasn't going to happen. I think we still were kidding ourselves. And, and that's kind of how we, it, it's, a, I can never tell something in a short way <laughs> or in a succinct <laughs> manner. It's just not possible, but that's ultimately how we ended up here. Um, but I do want to just mention that for anybody, I, I, this, my story is interesting or not interesting, but I guess I know it's unique in terms of like, I know marrying an NFL player can provide certain benefits, you know, financially, obviously like, but it's still like my life before Adam was still full of travel and following my own dreams before meeting him. And we connected together because our love of travel. So it wasn't like I didn't have dreams or I didn't pursue my dreams until I met Adam. It was No, can I just interject about that? Yeah. Because like Taya and I used to be roommates and I had a copy of her passport because she would just <laughs> decide to go to New Zealand on a whim. And I would be like, well, 
Tay is gone for the next nine days. I'm just going to sit over here and wait in case she calls me. I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this passport, but I have it just in case. So, and that was just so typical and just like to jet set around the country, like, oh, you know, someone invited me to a football game in Florida, so I'm going to go, or I'm in London this weekend because, you know, so you have always had that just in, insatiable love of travel and this amazing energy and just the vibe of whatever is going to happen is going to happen. And just, I'm going to jump at it. If there's an opportunity, I'm just going to say, yes, you always had that yes attitude. Yes. And it's so funny that you say that too, because I think uh, one of my favorite films later and not favorite, but just one that I thought, Oh yeah, this is, this is how I see it was. It's a comedy by Jim Carrey, Carrey. Uh, yes, man. I think it mm-hmm. is. Yes. But it's like, I, it's so true when you just say yes to all these, all these things you don't know at the time how they're going to impact your life or what other opportunities they're going to lead um, to. And so all of, even when they were opportunities that I thought, Oh, I'd get somewhere. And why did I say yes to this? Oh, this isn't what I expected or whatever. They still led to other cool opportunities because I kept an open mind or maybe I didn't judge the person or their friends or they were different than me. I still kept an open mind and just looked at it as like, okay, well, I'm here, you know, I'm here in London this weekend. And yeah, maybe this isn't what I thought it was going to be, but uh, I'm going to make the best of it. Mm-hmm. And it never, it, it never um, worked against me. It always led to other fun opportunities. And, and I think ultimately that's why Adam was attracted to me and why we connected my husband, Adam, um, because I think he just had the same thirst for travel and wasn't able to do it because of the rigidness of the schedule of the NFL. And so for him, it was like, oh, wow, I finally found somebody that um, has been doing this on her own without me. And it's awesome that she doesn't need me to do that. So Mm -hmm. I always kind of like to mention that because I don't want people to listen to this and think, oh, well, if I don't marry an NFL player, I can't go do these things. That's not at all the case. and when we traveled, we met people on all kinds of budgets. You know, it's, we, yeah. we definitely traveled. We did not vacation. We traveled. And there's a huge difference. Yeah, definitely. And I highly encourage anybody to just do what you enjoy, but also try the other side. You know, like try, you know, if you want to do the high end thing, save up and do it once, you know, whatever it is that speaks to you. But I, a, an example of this is we did an overland trip throughout 12 uh, countries in Africa over two and a half months. And when Adam sent me the link for it, he was thinking like, oh, I'm going to show her the low end of this overland trip. And by overland, I just mean you're you're on a big truck. <laughs> you're just yeah. on a truck uh, that seats anywhere from 16 to 30 people and you're glamping or staying in hotels, whatever. And Adam's, I, his strategy was, oh, if I send her the low end, she's going to send me the high end and we're going to come in somewhere on the, in the middle. And I really liked what he sent me. It was full of adventure, and that's what I wanted um, in all of our travels or all of our excursions. And the way he sold it to me was, let's do this overland trip, and then when we get to South Africa, we'll go to Kruger National Park, and we'll do a high-end safari there. And I was like, okay, that sounds great. And so while we're you know getting bitten up by mosquitoes and the tents and all that kind of stuff, you're always thinking, okay it was amazing. And and it, it was amazing to sleep outdoors and hear the elephants and the leopards and, you know, lions at night. 
but when we were uncomfortable, we always thought like, okay, in my mind, I would think, oh, when we get to South Africa, we're going to do it really, you know, high end. I can't wait to get into a hot bath. And by the time we got to South Africa, we were kind of like, you know what? I'm good. I, this was so exciting and so fulfilling. I don't need the fancy. I don't need the fancy um, safari. I, I'm really content with what we did and saw. And I don't want to spend money just to spend money on something, you know, for an Instagram shot or to say that we were at that particular park. Yeah. Well, and you had already kind of experienced like the real thing instead of just like, you know, watching from a truck. Yeah. You, I, I cannot encourage the real thing enough. I cannot encourage the real thing enough because we've seen those travelers that come through, they want the Insta shot, you know, and, or they're, I get it. People, you, you have to, you know, understand where you're, you are in your comfort zone. And I, I, I would be lying if I said that, uh, I wasn't scared at times too, when I wanted to take the safer route, you know, or maybe I, because Adam was with me later in life on my travels, maybe it did make me feel more comfortable to do things that um, I wasn't when I was a solo traveler, but I can't encourage people enough to get your hands dirty because that's where you start learning. And that's when the internal change happens. It's a lot different than just staying at the same type of hotel, being around the same type of American or Canadian tourists, you know, like you want, you want to get outside your comfort zone and that's where the real internal change starts to happen. Well, and speaking of that internal change, so you guys traveled and then just decided to stay in Mexico and do something completely different that you were never anticipating <laughs> doing. And the next thing I know, I'm seeing like, we rescued this dog. We're looking for a home for it. And, and I'm like, where are you? And you're like, oh, well, we just stayed in Mexico. So of course you did. You know, it's all I could think was, yeah, that, that makes complete sense. It wouldn't make sense if I were to say that. And right, right. People, would be, people would be like, Nikki, come, come. All right. What's wrong? <laughs> Do we need to talk about it? Midlife Whereas, crisis, Nikki. Right. What's happening? What's happening? But when you said it, I was like, yeah, mom, Taya stayed in Mexico, <laughs> you know? And so tell me about the dogs and the rescuing and everything. I want to know. To tie it in from our travels to the Baja experience, uh, we saw a lot of animals suffering around the globe. And there's no judgment when I say that towards other cultures. It's, you know, in the States we have, uh, we have laws and we have shelters and we have animal control and, and we have a lot of resources for that. And then when you get outside um, to see a lot of animals suffering um, because there aren't those government resources or maybe they're not well-funded. Um, and it's really hard. It's really hard to see an animal that's starving to death. It will take you to low places in your heart that you didn't think you could experience. It's really, it's really hard. So for us, it was difficult for me as an animal lover to not be able to do anything because we were traveling, you know, we'd be in one place for a night and on to the next. Or So the least I could do is just leave some food and water. And maybe if I could, you know, certain animals pet them just to show them some love and once in a while call the local humane society, if it existed. And that really bothered me. That bothered me in our travels. It really it really hurt my soul. And so when we finally were here in Mexico and we knew that at the time we thought we were just staying a month or two, but there was a local rescue. And I was like, finally, I'm here for two months. Finally, I can do something. 
So I started fostering for this rescue group. Oh my gosh, let me tell you, it was hilarious because I love animals, but I didn't realize until we brought these two puppies home to foster that I knew nothing about fostering puppies. Absolutely <laughs> nothing, not a zilch. And if any of you have raised a puppy, you know how much work they are. I mean, it's a child. We knew nothing. So I highly recommend anybody fostering, like just, you know, do your research. And I, I mean, it's not to say we wouldn't have done it again. It just, we laugh now looking back about how naive, naive we were. Mm-hmm. Um, so, and it was great. I mean, I wouldn't have done it any other way. It was just really comical that we knew so little. And so it started with that. And then, um, you know, they, they got adopted and we cried the day they were, you know, we had to drop them off and it was, it was heart wrenching, but it was so worth it. It, you know, that I always tell anybody that's fostering for the first time, you're going to cry the first, you know, you're going to cry until you see the pictures of them in their new home. And you realize like, they don't need you. <laughs> I needed them. They didn't need me. <laughs> They're like, they, I mean, it is amazing to see a puppy that you've raised for like two or three months or even longer, just go off with a complete stranger and be okay. <laughs> and you're like, they're like Taya who you know like we're on to bigger and better see ya you know so it's funny I mean and and the life lesson there is it's not about you it is not about you it is about what you can do you know none of us are special and people get really uncomfortable when I say that and it's not meant to be it's not meant to have any negative connotation around it it's meant to take the pressure off and to say but what I think is it's not I don't think I'm special but I think I can do special things and I think Absolutely. that's right. I, I'm not special, but what I can do can be special to someone, uh, animal, you know, human or non-human animal. It's, and that's, the, that there's the beauty for me. That's the beautiful thing. I, I have a network of organizations that I work with and, um, women that have been doing this far longer than I have for, you know, 30, 40 years and are still at it kicking ass and they're great mentors and they, um, have tried to do the shelter model and it doesn't work down here because of the heat and because the dogs, you know, you're, you're really rescuing them, rescuing them from, um, some horrific conditions. And so they Mm -hmm. need, they, they can't be put in a pen and left there until they're adopted, you know, with like one walk a day that just, um, especially when like adopters are adopting from Mexico or from uh, abroad, uh, we as rescuers have a huge responsibility on our shoulders to the adopter and to the dog and to the community because you really want the adopter to know what type of dog they're adopting personality wise, you know, and I would never want to send a dog to, let's say for you, you know, let's say you were going to adopt a dog for me. I would never send a dog that wasn't ready socially or mm-hmm. health wise. Um, and so shelters, I get why they exist and I'm not against them, especially in the States and stuff like that. But just most of us here, at least in the Baja um, have unique challenges and we realize that's not the model to go. So you're foster based. And so we can only take in as many dogs as there are fosters, you know, like Mm -hmm. if we literally have to turn away dogs uh, if there aren't enough people to help care for them. And so, yeah, get out there and do, and, and nothing is permanent, right? I, you know, for our fosters too, we're always like, look, this is supposed to be a good experience. I'm not saying it's not going to be challenging at times, right? especially with puppies, but like, we want you to have fun with this too. So I, you know, I want to, 
be there for each foster. And if they need something or resources, I, or they need to, you know, they are owed by me a timely response. They need to know that they can contact me at 11 o'clock at night if something's wrong. Um, and so if people, if, if they just thought, Hey, I want to help and I don't know how just, Oh my gosh, it could be every, I mean, there's so many ways to help now. So many ways it could be web design. It could just be being somebody that responds to Instagram messages, you know, or social media mm -hmm. messages, things like that. There's so many ways to help so that you can um, accommodate your schedule, what you're, you know, what you're willing to put in, you know, uh, in conjunction with what the organization needs. There's people that are retired here that have nothing but time. And so they take on more um, heavy roles, right? Because yeah. they have the time. But I'm for us, it's people escorting dogs, somebody that's already here in town that has a ticket and came down for vacation and they love dogs, but they're willing to take a dog back to, you know, Seattle because there's somebody there that um, wants to adopt a dog from us. So yeah, there's so many different ways to help big and small. Yeah. Any big plans for the future, like a big dream that you can kind of that you're hoping towards or just. Well, yeah. Well, you know, I have to say. Uh, the, the whole dog rescue thing has been this big, like check off of the bucket list in this roundabout way. I wanted to be a veterinarian and then I changed my mind my senior year of high school. And now I think it's better that I didn't become a veterinarian. And I think there's, there's something to be said for dreams that don't come true because I don't know that it had to be a veterinarian at that time mm -hmm. when I was younger. I think that's all I thought that was out there for yeah. animals. You know, I didn't know how to dream big enough. And what I realized is it's, it's really about learning about what you want in your heart and understanding there's a million ways to fulfill what you want. It, you know, Absolutely. don't get so set on yes. one thing, right? Yeah. And so really what it is, is I just love animals and I love helping them and I love interacting with them. And so through rescuing and running spay and neuter clinics uh, and being out there on the ranches and in the Pueblos with the local people, um, that fulfilled me in a way that I don't think a veterinarian being a veterinarian would have been able to fulfill me, you know, it just, because I, for us here, there's a need for transportation and things like that. And so I could fulfill that gap, that need by picking up mm -hmm. the dogs. I'd load, we, Adam and I always laugh. We, we need to contact Toyota and be like, we need to do a commercial for you. <laughs> I would like load up as many as 20 dogs and cats in my minivan and drive them an hour away to the vet and spay and neuter them that has, that has turned into this dream that I didn't even know I had. Yeah. And, um, it has fulfilled me so much It by staying here as well. It's allowed me to live the dream. You know, Adam and I were going so hard for three years, like living out of a bag and having all of this fun. Now that we've been here, it allowed me to reflect on those years and, and travel and kind of like prepare for the next chapter of my life. So the next dream for me, I think at this point, when I think about it is maybe it is some type of book or, or screenplay to take this really cool experience that has been our life and share it with the world and hopefully inspire others Yeah, that like, don't listen, none of us are getting out of here alive, right? <laughs> we all, there's, there's not much that we all know, you know, in life and we don't have control over, but none of us are getting out of this alive. So why not? Why not? Yeah. You know, and you said it earlier, there's nothing special. There's nothing special about 
anybody that kind of makes their dreams come true, except that you worked hard and that you don't give up. And I know that you know everybody says that yada yada. No, it's, it's true though. True. And I think yeah. to me too, that's also what helps you decide what really are your dreams. Because mm-hmm. sometimes we think we have dreams, and I I think about some of the crazy dreams I had as you know a kid and even in my twenties or whatever. And you go to start pursue, pursue them. And I, I would look around the room and I'm like, Oh, that kid wants it more than I do. And I realized like, Oh, maybe that really wasn't my dream. It was just like kind of a curiosity, like, Oh, maybe, Oh, that'd be fun to do this or fun to do that. But by exploring it, I realized, Oh yeah, actually this isn't my dream or I don't want to do this. Um, I also, I don't know if you do this. I'm very guilty of romanticizing my dreams. <laughs> You know, when you dream what about something, is that like? <laughs> you dream about things, you don't think about uh, the late hours or the, you, sometimes you can't even, uh, you can't even anticipate the things that are going to go wrong. Mm-hmm. Like for the dog rescue stuff, there were things that I never anticipated that could go wrong with the dog rescue. I say, I use this example a lot, the dodo. I love it. I think a lot of animal lovers follow the dodo. Sometimes you only see the highlights of the rescue, right? And I mean, I think they're, they're, they can be good. Some of the clips are good where they show like, hey, you're up at two o'clock in the morning um, or hey, the dog escaped or hey, the dog's barking all night long. The dog's not getting along with my dogs. You know, there's just things that um, are not fun <laughs> that mm-hmm. are not fun. Doesn't mean I won't do it again. Doesn't mean I don't, re- you know, that I don't, um, doesn't mean that I regret helping the animal but it's, it's emotionally exhausting sometimes. And so if you had told me 10 years ago, oh, do you want to rescue animals? Oh my gosh, yeah, let's do it, you know? And so much more, there was so much more to it than what my dreams and my vision had. Um, but that's how I know I love it is because mm. I put in the 14-hour days and I don't get paid. And there's tears, <laughs> there's frustration, there's a lot of F-bombs, but I wouldn't do it any other way. I, you know what yeah. I mean? Like I still got to get up and do it again, because I love it. And so that to me is, I know I'm on the right path or I know what I'm doing when I, my heart is calling me to do because, um, the, just doing it for the sheer, um, purpose of it is enough that, you know, Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't do Instagram. I'm not a big social media person. And that that's purposeful on my part. Um, I know that we could do a lot more if I wanted to be more active on social media and I just, I'm not ready for that. It's not what I want. I don't know. I don't, there's other women out there that want that. And, um, and to your point earlier, like there's a space for all of us, right? You don't Mm -hmm. have to do things the way everybody else is doing them. Absolutely. So I hear all the time, like you should do this, you should do that. And I, it's not that I haven't thought about it. It's just, I know that's not right for me at this point in my life. So yeah, there's, um, there's a purpose or reason that I'm making the decisions that I am. And as long as you're doing what makes you happy and what brings you joy, it doesn't matter what your dream is as long as it's, it's fulfilling to you. And Absolutely. Making- and anybody chasing their dreams, get ready. Like put on your suit of armor, get ready because everyone is going to tell you why you shouldn't do it, all the problems that exist. And they're going to take their fears, even in a loving way, even from the people that love you the most. It's because they love, pardon me, it's because they love you that they're going to project their fears and worries um, onto you. So the best advice I have is either don't tell people your dreams or just be very selective. Find your tribe. Yeah. And, even, and sometimes your tribe are people that you've never met and they're online and they're going to build you up because they get it. 
mm-hmm. when the people around you physically may not understand it. Yeah, absolutely. Well, thank you so much for sharing your adventure and just your inspiration and your love of animals with everybody. And hopefully someone out there is able to hear what you said and all do amazing things. And you can start today. You can say, you know what? I'm going to just do this and start making what you want to do happen. And you have who to knows? start today. You have yeah. to start today. Even if it's just reading an article or reading, you know, just looking into it. If you want to go if you want to go to a certain place or you want to do a certain thing, just Google, like start with Google. I, the other thing too, I cannot um, stress enough is gratitude because nobody gets there on their own. Nobody gets there on their own. Tom Brady. Yes. Did he work his ass off and has immense talent and paved the way for himself? Absolutely. And for others, but he still didn't get there by himself. And I think Tom would tell you that first and foremost, So don't underestimate the value of a thank you card or a thank you email. If somebody helps you, show your gratitude. Or if somebody's going to go out of their way for you, um, represent them well. Because none of us get there alone. And if somebody's going out on a limb to give you a break, represent them. Keep them in mind. Send a thank you to all parties involved. I think people really underestimate the value of a thank you. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for being here. I really do appreciate oh, it. I think and it's this so has fun. been so fun to catch well, up. And- I'm excited for you and good job for you, you know, embarking on your dreams, right? It wasn't that hard, right? To get it set up. No, nope, I just, the first nope, one. I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to keep trying and, and I'm just going to go. F- that is all the time we have for today. Thank you once more, Teos, for your encouraging and inspirational stories. And to everybody out there, I hope you enjoyed the podcast as well. And if you want to check out more, join me at morethanwordsbynikki.com on the podcast page. Until next week, keep chasing those dreams. Mm-hmm.